hey guys, happy launch week. I've got a special offer for you just this week, Monday through Friday, as we're kicking off the Make It Joy podcast. Every single coaching package that I have is 30% off. And this is available just this week during launch week, Monday through Friday. This is available for up to 10 people. First come, first served. So use your coupon code, happy launch week, all capital letters, all pushed together in one word. Hi, I'm Caroline Music, and I'm a certified life and spiritual coach, and I love to help women live life with more joy. My job is to completely and wholeheartedly believe the best in you and believe the best for you. I think that life is meant to be enjoyed, and we're meant to live with passion, purpose, and fun. In this podcast, we will talk about all things joy, what brings you joy, what keeps you from joy, and how to just enjoy life more in general. You are uniquely and wonderfully made, and you are who you are and how you are for a reason. My hope for you is that you will adore being you. Build a life you love, soak up as many moments as you can, and enjoy the heck out of life. Welcome to the Make It Joy Podcast. TGIF. Thank goodness it's Friday. Hi, everybody. Welcome to day five of the official launch week of Make It Joy. I'm Caroline Busick, and I am your host, and I'm also the owner of Make It Joy, life and spiritual coaching for women. I help women find purpose in their lives, and I help them enjoy their one life uh, to the max. That's what I say with my daughter a lot. I love you. I love you to the max. And so I help women uh, enjoy their lives to the max. I am, I have enjoyed this week so much. Um, I've probably enjoyed it a lot more because I recorded this before the week. So I'm, I'm hopefully resting and going to see um, Barbenheimer. I'm going to do a double feature, Barbie and Oppenheimer. I've been waiting and waiting. (laughs) And so I've enjoyed making this all for you, um, and hopefully I'm, uh, I'm snoozing in a reclining chair with some popcorn and some peanut butter M&Ms and a uh, uh, cherry Dr. Pepper. Good job, future self. That sounds great. All right, so um, this, is, uh, this is the last episode of the week, but I want you to know there are episodes coming now on a regular schedule. You can listen to new episodes every Monday. Um, I'm also going to just periodically drop in some quiet times with Caroline uh, as soon as I figure out what that is. <laughs> it's probably going to be a type of meditation or just a, a, a slow reflection of some sort, um, possibly even just reading um, some relaxy stuff, just things to slow you down and help you become present in the moment. If you have a request or any ideas, send them my way, caroline at makeitjoy.com. If the coupon is still available, I want you to know 30% off of every single coaching package that I have today is your last day. If you've been on the fence, do it now. Um, It's my first sale I've run. I don't know when I'll run it again. That's not a fake out. I really don't know. Um, I know things about two months ahead of time. (laughs) And that's it. Um, 
and um, that's makeitjoy.com. Go to the work with me page and uh, see what kind of packages I've got. If you don't see something you like, reach out to me and we'll, um, we'll see what uh, we need to do together. And today's episode is with Bethany Braun Silva. She is um, she is a new author. Congratulations, girl! Uh, good for you. And uh, her book is available. I'll leave a link in the show notes along with her freebies and her special offer, just like I've done every other day this week. If you've missed something from one of the guests, go back, look at the show notes while you're leaving a review about how awesome the show is, and uh, pick up your freebie there. Now you can also find the link to my joy quiz there. But uh, Bethany is, she's an author. She also is, she has her own podcast called The Breakdown with Bethany. It's on uh, mom.com. And she has, uh, she's done a lot of different things in her life. And I think that she, um, in this episode, we, I actually found this to be, when I was listening to it, listening back to it during editing, it, it's a a challenging episode, I think. Um it's warm and we talk and it's very supportive and very vulnerable, but we talk about um, a lot of the common threads that women have um, as mothers, sure, and as just women in general. We we have a lot of the same tendencies and struggles that are specific to uh, feminine energy, you know, just nurturing and loving and giving and giving and um, a tendency to feel small and... Uh, and if that's not you, God bless you. But a lot of us identify with that. And this was a, um, I don't think this was a wah wah talk where we were just complaining. I felt like it was a really, um, it was a good conversation about things. And we we stumbled into a few um, suspicions and ideas about how to address some things uh, just on the fly. We came up with, huh, I wonder if this is a key to releasing that. And so uh, keep your ears open for some of that. And um, this, I would say that this overall is, it's got some really good food for thought on loving yourself and living a life on your own terms. Um, and again, it's your one life. You want to make sure uh, you are respectfully living it the way that you want to and in a way that feels honest to you and true to you where you are um where you really matter in your own life how about that okay three words for this one and it took me a bit on these words but this is what i came up with i, I think i'm pretty satisfied stirring honest supportive okay this is my conversation with miss bethany braun silva have a good time listening and i'll meet you at the end Bethany, hi, how are you? I'm doing so well. Happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you on the show. It's really, it's really a treat. And um, you, you and I were talking right before we got on, finally on the call, because I want to share this with the other women because I find it so over the top relatable. It took us several tries to actually get on the call together because life yes. <laughs> just kept getting away with our families and our children. And I just thought it was so funny how like, this is what we do for our work. And still we're kind of maneuvering around all of the people in our lives to get the things done that we need and want to get done, you know? 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's always something that comes up, but I also feel like that's sort of like the skill or the, the the parenting muscle that we exercise, you know, since the day our babies are born, right? Like we get really, really good at pivoting and expecting the unexpected and, you know, and just ask for grace really from those other people when, you know, you're, you got to postpone a meeting or something like that. Absolutely, for sure. And I've, I've never thought of it as the parenting muscle. And now that you've uh, worded that for me, I'm going to think of everything as a parenting muscle. Like when I need a nap at two in the afternoon, I'm just flexing my parenting muscle, you know? So right. it's a great way to put it. <laughs> well, Bethany, I am glad to have you on for a lot of reasons. And I hope we get to um, many of the reasons. But number one is, girl, you have written a book. I have. I have. I had a pause there for a minute because it, it is is it is quite monumental to think about. And I think, you know, you know, sometimes with like how you mentioned with all the things we're doing and like all the chaos that comes with raising kids, it's almost like you have to kind of like pause and be like, yeah, I wrote a book. <laughs> it's a humongous accomplishment. I mean, I just want to offer you a huge congratulations because I know I, you know, I've thought of it before. I know a lot of people I've just talked to in passing have just said, oh, I wish I could write a book one day, but you've actually done it. And I'm curious, how long has that been something that's been on your heart to do? Oh, for a really long time. And actually, you know, my professional background for the for um, over a decade, I've been an editor in digital media. And so about halfway through that journey, I had this idea for a book. I was two kids deep and, you know, kind of climbing my way up this, you know, corporate ladder, if you will, sort of navigating the relationship with my husband and all the trials and tribulations that come with that. And I was just sort of like, I had this idea, I felt like, um, I had taken the nursery rhyme, first comes love, then comes marriage and comes baby in the baby carriage and sort of just flipped it on its head. Um, but yet I was still going, I was still, you know, navigating parenthood. I was in this, you know, long relationship with my husband. We hadn't met, we met when we were 18 and I'm 38 now. So we're 20 years in and, and, and sort of climbing up this ladder professionally that I had no experience, no sort of traditional education, no contacts, but I decided this is my passion and I sort of went after it. And that's really where the idea from the book was born, like gathering all the all the tips that I learned along the way, the the journey that I traveled and really just feeling like if I can do it, anyone can do it. And, you know, really wanting to be a, a voice or a resource for other women out there. And again, I always say, especially mothers, because that really I'm so entrenched in just like motherhood media that um, that really is who I talk to. That's who I serve. And um, really also why I wrote the book. And, you know, and I'm, I'm a mom and I, I told you I I read the book uh, pretty quickly because well number one I'm practicing a new speed reading course. So I can, <laughs> it's a short book anyway, so <laughs> but I wanted to just read as consume as much as I can. But I thought it was a great book. I felt like I felt like I knew you as you were writing it, and I felt like I, I told you that this is something that's it's definitely for mothers, but also there's so much in there that's for every woman that I think people even who who aren't mothers are going to pull something from it and are going to identify kind of this it's like the woman's journey in today's world you know I just saw a lot of um just a lot of common threads for just all women in general through your book uh, yeah I mean I think 
what I would love to just say about that, and it is sort of highlighted in the book, is that I think somewhere along the way in a young girl's life, when she maybe it's when she becomes a young woman, somewhere along the way, we're sort of told to like how you said before before the or this call, like to play it small. You know, you don't want to be too big, sound too big, have too big, you know, big opinions. You kind of just want to be pleasing. And I definitely fell victim to that. I still do from time to time, but really what good does that accomplish? And actually the, the second, as I was writing the book, the second sort of part of the, of this, the inspiration sort of, you know, came to me almost like a light bulb moment. And I was thinking like, imagine a world where women and again, mothers, but really also women loved themselves the way that they love the people in the life in their life and offered the same grace, the same, same, same acceptance, the same forgiveness and tolerance to their spouse that they give to their spouses, their children, their own parents, their girlfriends, their, you know, and I just said, imagine a world like that. Imagine how much better a place it would be if, if women started to treat themselves in that way, the way they treat others. And that really was sort of the evolution of the book as I was writing it. So to your point, that's, that's, that's really what I hope anyone reading it gets out of it. You talking about just feeling smaller in general, that's actually one of the lines that I highlighted um, in my Kindle, uh, which I reluctantly went to. I used to just love a paper book and now I'm thankful for my Kindle. I can just tap. <laughs> but you had this great phrase and you'll have to help me remember it, but it's, I think it's at the beginning of one of your chapters about like we're taught to have smaller bodies and like everything about us is taught to be small, like you just said. And I thought that's so true. I mean, the way that we grew up, everything was about being thinner and being smaller mm -hmm. and being demure and being the quiet voice in the room. And, um, and I actually remember uh, when I was in college, I read two like voice books. And I think one was Kristen Linklater and one was maybe Catherine Fitzmaurice. One of them, or maybe not one of them, wrote about how like our voices and the sounds of our voices were kind of taught like the actual quality of our voice. M most women only use half of their voice. Mm -hmm. And they don't speak from their chest or their belly. We all have these kind of throat voices because we're taught to be quiet and don't be so loud. And it comes from when we're children, like be a good girl, be quiet, be small. And so even like as adult women, you can see it in like in the way we dress, the the jobs we go after, the sometimes the relationships we go after. But even like in our voices, our physical voices, those too have been trained since we were young to be small. I, I just found it all so interesting that you pointed that out in your book. Yes. And, you know, I think like to that point, you know, somewhere along the way, you know, we start like celebrating, like as little girls, we start celebrating, oh, I'm getting bigger. I'm getting taller. I'm getting, I'm getting stronger. And then that sort of flips into like a shame cycle. And I definitely, you know, wish I came to that realization earlier. Um, but, you know, of course, everything in its own time. But um, again, with the, with the book, it was really just hoping to sort of maybe ignite that, that feeling of not to play small in someone else. That was really very important to me. And, you know, another thing, I think that, this goes, well, they do go hand in hand, but I think they're different things and you talk about it in your book. So there's playing small and being um, almost like deferring to others in every way. And then there's playing by other people's rules. And and I love that this was in your book. It's from Working Girl. Oh, yes. <laughs> is, oh, I mean, I love me some Melanie Griffith. And I the quote 
it, it was something about um, I'm not going to, um, you know, just live my life and not get where I want to get by, because I'm playing by the rules that I didn't even have anything to do with making. And I love that that was in there for number one. For number two, because I saw it in print uh, in your book, th that quote, which I've heard too many times watching Working Girl, that quote spoke to me in a whole new way of how so many of us live our lives based on rules that that were set, you know, decades and decades and decades before we were even born. Yeah. And I, I felt a, a lot of that as I um, became a mother. I was a mother before I was a wife. I had both of my babies at my wedding. So, and mm -hmm. as you know, and I remember just knowing so clearly that motherhood was really important to me. And of course I love my husband. You know, we've been, I mentioned we've been together for 20 years, but it just didn't really occur to either of us that like that marriage, like that it, it you know, not that it wasn't important, but that we were already together, you know, working everything out in the way that we were working it out. And but but really, what was the binding of, for our relationship was having the kids. And so we got married when my um, older son was four and my younger son was 10 months old. And I do remember feeling a bit of shame for those first few years. Um, we got our sons baptized. And of course, there were questions from the priest and questions from my own family. And then even when there weren't questions, I sort of internalized a lot of shame around that, just feeling like maybe my my sons would feel a little bit lost or feel uneasy or unsure about their about the family dynamic. And I never wanted to do that. So a lot of those, you know, quote unquote rules, I, I've, I internalized, even though I knew kind of like who I was and the family that we created, like we were safe, we were secure, everyone was very well loved and taken care of. And it sort of the marriage part was just like an extra thing. And so that when we finally did get married, it really was like a, a celebration of family. Um, but it was, it just didn't occur to me right away that that was the the way that it should go. But of course, as we're taught, you know, marriage and that again, that was the sort of the inspiration for that first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in the baby carriage. But um, yeah, and then that was enough. That was one aspect of my life where I sort of didn't follow traditional rules. And the other I mentioned before was just my career. I became pregnant with my son Elias in 2011. And I had sort of just I was 26 years old. And I was um, just kind of figuring myself out, just knowing that motherhood was my clear path, but that professionally, I wasn't really sure what to do. So I, you know, decided, um, you know, that it was sort of, it's funny, I say this a lot, I sort of birthed my baby and my career in tandem and decided, you know, that I knew enough about, you know, becoming pregnant and being a mother and welcoming a little boy that I could sort of talk to other women about that and, and share my story and help them to share theirs. And that's why I decided to pursue uh, parenting journalism, again, without any sort of education or contacts or just, I just sort of went for it. And that was another rule that I broke, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how did you have the, um, I think courage is probably the word uh, to do that. Is, is courage the main thing that you needed? I guess so. I mean, I did have courage. I had a lot of conviction. And I think also what what I what I didn't have was, um, you know, I guess I, 
I just had the audacity, right? Like I didn't really feel, I felt like, oh, I can do this. Like I felt brave, but almost like foolishly brave. And then after the fact, you know, many years later, I was like, wow, that was crazy. <laughs> like you had, oh, the 20s. right. Gotta love the 20s, right. I right? Was, like you were 26, 27 with a new baby trying to pursue a new career. Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> but like, it's kind of like what you don't know at the time, right? Like I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was feeling, and also, you know, of course, I think a lot of moms will say this. It's like the stakes got really high, right? Like I, I needed a job. I needed a career path. And, and because I mean, not, I mean, I could have been a stay at home mom. Sure. But I just felt like the pressure was on a little bit more now that I had um, a child, I, I wanted to have an income. I wanted to have a path and, um, Elias, my firstborn son, definitely <laughs> through no fault of his own, put the pressure on. That brings up an interesting point, I think. So you you talked about in your book that you really wanted your children. Like you marriage was sure, but it was kids that you really wanted. You wanted to be a mom and you wanted your career. And so I wonder a lot and and especially, you know, I my business is new. I have I've been mostly a stay-at-mom home um, since they've been born. I, and I, I've found the switch to that to be, um, uh, I don't know, it brings up a lot of stuff. There are a lot of like new boundaries you need to find and, and what do I value most and how do I prioritize this and that. But it sounds like you, well, you, you put your boys first and always have, but there's also been this longing in your career and this drive. And so how have you, from the beginning, how did you know, how did you navigate that, that balance is kind of a, it's a word we use that I think doesn't totally exist, right, right. <laughs> but how did you find that your way with that and know when to like check in with yourself and feel like, am I being a good mom? Am I being a good um employee or am I navigating my own trail? Oh my goodness. I mean, this is not something that can ever, I think, be solved, right? Because even to this day, even 11 and a half years in, it's, it's something that I, I question even today. You know, I had to do a big media thing in the morning and I had to sort of hand off my kids to my mom and dad. And I'm blessed to have them in my life to look after them, but it kind of feels like it's just a constant, constant struggle. And so I will layer onto that also being, feeling like a young mother, there were, I was the first of my friends to have a baby um, and also being sort of brand spanking new in this career and not having like a mentor or anyone to kind of guide me professionally. It, there were times, I mean, the questioning was, of myself was, was incessant. It was nonstop. I was questioning myself as a mother. I was questioning myself as an, as a, as a writer, as an editor. Um, but at the same time, yes, I did have that kind of internal drive to keep going because this is really, it's like I had finally landed on it. You know, I had finally landed on the passion. I, I sort of, you know, kind of cruised through college, not really knowing what I wanted to do, moved off to California, kind of, again, not just kind of like think, singing, oh, where will I land? I don't know. How many retail jobs can I work or bartending jobs can I work <laughs> before I figure out what really drives me? And um, I was in Los Angeles and I took a, a, a broadcast journalism class over there and it all just started to click. And that's when I came back home to New York City. I decided I want to settle down, have a family and then also pursue a career in journalism in tandem. But to, to your question mm -hmm. about, you know, how do I know? Um, the truth is, I don't. And I don't know if a lot of us do. And if anyone knows, please tell me, because I mean, that's like the million dollar answer to a, a really, really yeah. hard question. But I think I had enough conviction. Um, um, 
and really just like just like a belief in myself to know that like it was really really hard but the alternative of not doing it was not something I really I, I wanted to explore I wanted to keep going okay how about this uh adapt this adaption to the question um adaption is the <laughs> uh this little twist on the question okay so now you've gone through that and you're still uh finding your way with it all how can you tell when you're out of whack oh my goodness well i for me i get really anxious or stressed out i get and then i I sort of become like a zombie, like things just, I, I just am like on, on autopilot. And that's when I, I know things are out of whack because I am really passionate about being a mother and I'm passionate about my career and I put a lot of energy into it. And it sort of really just invigorates me and reinvigorates me time and time again. My self-care really does come in the form of work and, you know, my, my professional life, like it, it feeds me a lot. Um, so when I'm just feeling like exhausted and not wanting to do it, I know that something's out of whack and I have to, you know, address it either. Maybe it's something personal or it's prof- something's not in alignment professionally, because even though I love my career, I love what I've accomplished. There have certainly been times when I was in the wrong job at the wrong place at the wrong manager. And um, it feels really, really crappy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that that's, um, I feel like we've stumbled on an interesting point here that um, as I think it's for all people, but for women in general, I feel like we, we have these kind of alarms that go off in a, you know, for you, it's an anxiousness or a a zombie like effect. For me, I tend to feel like dry and hurried and, um, and just kind of fatigued all over. And I don't know about you, but I imagine (laughs) that, I like I push through that and I push past it and I feel like you just got to keep going, got to keep going, got to keep going. And um, is that yes, you? of course. I think yeah, I'm a big pusher. <laughs> yeah, and well, I feel like that's again part of our drive. You know, be small, be tiny, be demure, but also get everything done and be the strongest one in the room. Right, and then have <laughs> you know? dinner on the table by six. <laughs> right, exactly. But um, I think that for all of if, if all of us women listening right now and to ourselves, if we could just notice when we have these, like these signals in our body, these signals in our mind, like you've just identified yours, it's, you know, feeling like a zombie and feeling like a little dispassionate about your work. And um, when we can notice that, if we, if there's a way for us to just like pause and acknowledge it and then give ourselves what we need, whether it's rest or a day off or maybe a day to work, if that is your self-care, but work in the way that you like and in a way that fuels you. I, I, I would love for us to all commit or acknowledge to ourselves that our body is talking to us, our spirit is talking to us, and we just want to give it space and acknowledge it and then give ourselves what we need before it goes so far and we get like so far in the to where we're almost withered and just weary and we have to fill up so much, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's a quote and I'm trying to remember what it is, but it's like, if you don't stop to take a break, you will break something like that. Like the choice won't be yours after a certain point, you know, whether it's like mentally, emotionally, or even physically. I mean, this, it does wear on us, you know, it's, it's crazy the amount of stuff that, you know, we take on on a daily basis. And I think um, finding that time to, you know, 
to recharge, whatever that means for you, it's, it's important because it's not, and I know a lot of women, you know, I try to, they feel selfish, right? They to, to take the time if it's time away from the kids that that they really need or crave, but can't but feel bad about taking it. I mean, I know guilt is a huge factor, but when ultimately it's really for the better of everybody, you know, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. And I truly believe that. Oh yeah. And you know, just talking about not not exactly being happy and filling up, it takes me back to what you said about your your sweet boys and how that time in your life where you have these precious boys especially especially your first one um and you're so filled with joy and you're so excited to have this precious angel that you've wanted um but there's also this shadow kind of following you and it's this shame that you're getting from other people or from from yourself um and i just as you were talking a few minutes ago about that i was just and as i was reading it too i was just thinking about how often we all do that. I mean, I feel like human nature is uh, to feel shame and guilt. I think we all have a magnet towards that, women especially. But I just was, I just realized how when we let that shame in, it it steals so much of the joy. Like you have this brand new baby. And also there's a little bit of you that's, that feels a little, um, that feels a little bit of shame from, oh, it was supposed to be like this and that. And I, I'm just kind of realizing how often that happens in our life. It's not, we're not able to just have the pure joy and the pure satisfaction. We also have to have these feelings of, um, like discomfort or, oh, part of me is bad too. Yes, I agree. I, I mean, I, I'm trying to like put together a thought around that, because, but I'm also just kind of like, yes, yes, you're right. Because you're, right. <laughs> <laughs> you're totally right. You're totally right. And it's unfortunate. And I think, but I do think conversations like this and a lot of women, you know, just kind of speaking out, trying to destigmatize those kind of, uh, those feelings, those thoughts, it, it, it really does help us all. And I think we're seeing a shift. Maybe it's not as, you know, quickly as we like, but I think we're, we're getting there. Yeah, and, you know, I think um, as far as like putting a thought around it, um, I, <laughs> I've found that like the older I get, um, the more I feel like me and the more I like, the more I feel grounded in who I am and more sure of who I am. And um, I, I think that has got to have something to do with it. When you become more sure of yourself and you check in with, do I really believe that? Am I the one feeling that? Or is that someone's voice in my head? And I think that that, um, I feel like that's got to be like an anchor um, that pulls us home instead of going toward the shame. And um, with that, I'm wondering, uh, like throughout your whole journey, throughout, you've been, you've done a lot of really cool stuff. And as you've done all of this stuff, you started pretty young and now you're more seasoned. In which part of that journey um, did you feel like you were you? Like I've found myself or I know who I am. Actually, I think it's it's now. It's this year. Um, you know, I did a lot of... Uh, feeling like I had to prove myself because of how I came into this industry. Again, I mentioned no education, no sort of formal training. I, I came in as um, I tell the story, I was a 26 year old pregnant intern. And, um, and then a few years later was like leading one of the top, you know, parenting um, online parenting magazine. So um, I, but again, so even then at the top of my game, um, 
back then, it still kind of felt like I was doing it for this version or this vision I had of what it should be. I wanted to, I, I, you know, I was hitting, I was hitting every goal, but it was, again, it was just because that's what I thought it, it needed to be. This is the path that I had carved out that I had, that I had sort of planned for and was, was working towards, but it wasn't until like, this last year or so, and actually truly probably since coming out of the pandemic that I was like, I really need to start using my voice more. And that's when I really start to, started to feel like myself launching my podcast, calling it the breakdown with Bethany and feeling like mm-hmm. I wanted to not only, you know, enlighten listeners with stories from incredible women, but also pepper in my own experience. Because for so long, I just felt invalidated by myself. No one was really invalidating me. It was all, you know, try as they may. It really just came from me feeling like I wasn't enough professionally. I was kind of a young, experienced, unmarried mom. And, um, but then now just feeling like, well, I, I did it. I did it well. My kids are beautiful. They're, they're smart. They're intelligent. They're healthy. God, like, God, thank you, God. And like, you know, they're, everyone's doing all right, including me. And I'm just sort of feeling like I'm still climbing up this, this, my, my husband said this to me the other day. He's like, you haven't even peaked yet. And I was like, oh yeah. I was like, yeah, I feel like that too. But I also feel like, um, I'm getting closer to the peak because I am really just starting to use my voice and writing the book was, was a great um, step in that way. Launching the podcast was a great step in that way. Leaving jobs that weren't, weren't serving me or, you know, applying to new ones. And just even in that, interview process, being very clear and honest about what I expected, not necessarily what the employer wanted, you know, you know, learning that, you know, interviews go both ways, like you, you're interviewing, um, you know, the company, just like they're interviewing you for the position, like stuff like that, learning that, like really just using my voice. And that has only been, you know, in the last year and a half or so. Yeah, well, I think, like, from so much of what you've just said, and I found this in your book, too, it's like, having this strong sense of self and being sure of who you are and what you want, um, that really, I think, well, first, I think you have to have that. Like that is part of what you've got to have to peak. Um, And it may not be a peak that other people, uh, like people on the outside may disagree on what a peak is, but I feel like we can't really peak Um, with our individuality until we're sure of who we are. And then there's all this power and, um, and just certainty and strength and your voice and, and to have a voice, you have to really know what you believe and what you feel and what you desire on the inside. Yes, I totally agree. And, you know, it is, it is sort of like an ongoing journey, but I do feel more clear than ever. And I mentioned it before and it's like, um, I really do feel like my purpose, my path is to help women, help mothers, you know, destigmatize feelings of shame and around, you know, ambition or raising their kids and um, not only with my stories, but also amplifying their voices. And that is when I sort of realize that, you know, that connecting with women and moms was just what I'm meant to do when I, when that, that realization just, just completely changed everything for me. It just, everything got very, very clear. So that's the book. That's the podcast. That's all, that's everything. That's my, even my interactions with moms that I'll meet at school drop-off or something like that. Like that is, that's my, that's my purpose. 
What do you find um, you're drawn to the most? Is it the connecting of other women? Is it the like inspiring other women? What is it? What specifically do you feel like um, like moves you the most? You know, it's so funny, and I don't want to get too like into like a therapy session here, but I am de- I'm an only child. You know, I spent a lot of time alone. I had two working parents. I had you know I had a, a good group of friends, but ultimately, so much of my childhood I was alone, and I really just like craved a sibling or just feeling like I wanted um, wanted someone to guide me and and just kind of you know just be like be that friend, that sibling, that just like that loyal, loyal, like partner. I, I can't, I'm, I'm struggling to describe it because it just feels so big and important because it was such a huge part right. of my childhood, just like just wanting that and then, and then not getting it. And I, you know, I talk a lot about like the idea of like needing a mentor, wanting a mentor, and again, not really feeling like I had one in the early stages of my career. So for me, it was like, all right, if I'm not going to get it, I'm going to give it like, I'm going to be that for other people, mm-hmm. the thing that I really, really need needed and, and, and need even to this day. So when that started to happen again, like different doors started opening. I got connected with amazing people that were able to help guide me profess- professionally and personally. And I think that's kind of the shift. Like I kept asking like, oh, I need this. I need this. I'm not getting this, but I need it. And then instead it was like, no, okay, I'm not, I am not getting it. So I'm just going to give it, give everything that I wanted. I just put it out there. And that's when, you know, things like just change. I just felt more at peace, more at ease and just even more confident. Yes, I completely identify with that and think it's, I feel like that's part of how, I don't think everybody's like this, but I do think that can be a big part of how you find your purpose is there's a part of you that like yearns and that part is unmet and it becomes something that matters a great deal to you. And it almost becomes your mission. And through that, if it's something you're passionate about, that's, that's how you can find your purpose. I mean, that's how I started my business as I, I wanted to help women who are where I have been for years and years and years where you just feel a little like you've given up on yourself, you know, and there's more to your life, but you just don't know how to do it. Um, And I just, I thought, who is it? I want to help me. I want to, Hey, I want to help people, (laughs) you know, but I know that you have a, you have a heart for women and you're empathetic and you have several platforms where women can find you and where you can, um, like connect with women, you know, for one thing, you're a mindset coach, you have your own business, you have a podcast. So what, um, what is your dream? What do you hope to do with, how would you like to connect with women? Well, originally, you know, I used to say, oh, I want to have a, I want to have a talk show. I want to have a show and a place where, um, I can tell stories. I can listen to stories. I could have people come on and share their stories. But I'm not sure if it's like that traditional format anymore where it's like me hosting and somebody, it feels almost like I want to do like these round table conversations with, with women and, and then, and just be really just like in conversation with women from all walks of life. And we discuss important topics and, um, you know, current events and, and stories and, and things like that. Um, so that's what I sort of, I'm still kind of figuring it out because the dream has, is definitely shifting. Um, because my dream just used to be like, Oh, I want to host a podcast and talk to celebrities. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm doing that. But like, what's, I want to go a little bit deeper. And so 
I think yeah. it's it's not. And I always say that, like, I felt kind of funny about the podcast being called The Breakdown with Bethany, because I really do just want to incorporate, you know, other, it's really just me listening and someone else telling their story. Right. So I don't know. But um, I think. I think, yeah, just I just what I envision for myself is just being surrounded by lots of incredible women. And we're all telling stories and connecting and with the purpose of helping other women. Oh, I love that. Well, and um, and I love the breakdown. <laughs> it's a good show. You do a great job on it. You're fun to listen to. And it's fun to listen to the, the guests you have, too. But um, if you could, like, tell women or make women believe something. Let me see. How do I want to word this? Um, what do you wish for women? What's one thing you really wish that um, women could do for themselves or just learn? Or what do you wish? Yeah, what do you wish for women? You know, I, I think I might have said it earlier, but really what I wish for them is to start is for women, not even to start, but to really focus on loving themselves, forgiving themselves, accepting themselves, encouraging themselves. Like just the like in the same way that they do for all of the people in the in their lives that they love, just to give that energy back to themselves. I think the world will it would be an an incredible place. Oh yeah, and you know I feel like I feel um, there's going to come a time pretty soon, mainly when I get time to focus on um, the negative things that we carry and why we. And I know men are too, but I do feel like it is largely women. And I think it might be because there's like a softness to us. I don't know. But um, we are drawn toward being hard on ourselves. And I've talked to several clients who something that keeps coming up is this kind of need to be a good girl and to punish themselves, Um, not in a, not like in a dark way, but in just kind of a... um, a really matter of fact, if I, you know, if I mess up, then I need to have a consequence. And there's this um, lack of, I guess, grace is the word, but lack of freedom that we have because we feel like we have to have a consequence in order to be good. Like we don't want to get away with anything almost. Yeah. I find that too. It's weird. And for a long time, again, I, I, I didn't want to promote the book. I didn't want to do all this. And, I, and I've been doing a lot of like introspective thinking, like, like, why is that? Why is that? And I, 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 I don't know. I think, I think that's definitely part of like a bigger conversation on why, you know, we're sort of programmed that way. Why women, you know, feel like they, they are undeserving or need a punishment or something like that. Um, and again, I can only speak to myself, but like there are times in my life where I sort of catch myself like asking for permission or even asking for forgiveness for something that really doesn't require either. Um, mm-hmm. So I think just, you know, getting really present sort of help, can help that. Absolutely. I think, I think, well, getting present, I think can help with right. <laughs> so many basic things like worry, you know, and just, all kinds of stuff and and loving more like being present and open to feeling the moment and feeling um just love for yourself but i i do think that the, the loving yourself and taking care of yourself and how wonderful the world would be is a beautiful idea and i think to have that it's more of a suspicion i have i suspect that in order for us to get there we have to talk about this this albatross around our neck, this huge magnet we have toward the negative or toward um, 
all the stuff we just said, you know, kind of beating ourselves up and, and needing to pay the piper. But um, I feel like those two kind of, they go hand in hand and it's like the love wants to be free, but there's this weight that we are, it's almost like we're scared to let go of. And so I feel like once we can find a way to let that go, then you can step into that kindness to yourself, the kindness you would give to your best friend or to your babies or to, you know, a stranger even. Yes, absolutely. I do. And I do write about that. I love that. I always say like, um, like talk to yourself, like you're, you're your best friend. Would you tell a girlfriend, like she's not good enough to go after a job she really wants or to kind of get back with an abusive ex or that she's not a good mother because, you know, she took some time to herself. No, you wouldn't say that to her. So definitely, you know, don't, don't put that onto yourself either. For sure. And, you know, overall one thing, cause I'm, I'm new to you. We're new friends. And one thing that a few things, I guess, that I've learned from you or what I feel that you are really about is this love, this advocating for yourself, um, this empowerment that you can have as a woman, like finding your voice and being true to who you are and finding like yourself as the, as your source of strength, not all the people around you. That's not quite it either. It's, um, I'm thinking of exactly what I want to say. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, I think having a really strong sense of self, this is it. Having a really strong belief in yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something I've cultivated over a period of time. Maybe it's being an only child had something to do with it. Um, My mother was definitely very encouraging to me and for me, but um, I think I just you know, I think from a very early age, and this is not in a negative way at all, but I did kind of learn to rely on myself at all times because, you know, I didn't have a sibling, like, no, I couldn't blame anybody (laughs) for breaking the dish or, you know, whatever it was. It was always me. And so I really did, actually unbeknownst to me, not until I was much older did I realize I was kind of like cultivating a really strong sense of self, self, a strong relationship with myself, you know, um, even kind of like having conversations with myself like that were encouraging and, you know, and sometimes not super encouraging, but also just really, really just kind of like being my own best friend. Mm, I think that's, that's a great takeaway. Be your own best friend. I mean, I've heard that, but, but for real, be your own best friend. Yeah, I think there's a lot of power in that. I mean, I think it's something that we don't really um, consider at all times because maybe it sounds a little crazy to like talk to have like inner dialogue with yourself. But I find it like it, to be life changing, honestly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then you have a whole section in your book about um, just positive affirmations and speaking, like speaking. Um, and I know this is something depending on which like religion you are. I know I'm, I'm Christian. And one thing that um, we'll talk about is like speaking blessings over yourself, speaking favor over yourself and words having power and what you speak can, can create um, your circumstances. And I do think that there's a lot of uh, power, like mysterious power that I don't understand in the spoken word. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. And actually my father um, introduced me to Norman Vincent Peale and, you know, he this was a huge, huge sort of catalyst for, you know, I mean, just positive change. I mean, if you know the book, The Power of Positive Thinking, I mean, it was this, 
the book absolutely just kind of like blew my world open, just realizing like these small little prayers we could say to ourselves throughout the day are just kind of like shifting a mindset for, mindset from negative to positive. Just small shifts like that could just make all the difference in your life. And it's an ongoing thing that I practice. Oh, that's such good, good food for thought. Um, Bethany, okay. Now I have a few questions for you, but before I ask you those questions. Um, these are my standard questions for every guest on the show. Um, is there anything else that you want to say? Have we missed anything that you want to, um, get off of your chest? You no, know, I don't think we have. I've really, I have to say, Caroline, I've, I've had a really great, yours have such a soothing voice, by the way. <laughs> so I've had, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Um, so I don't have anything else that I, I would like to sort of, nothing we missed. Um, but you know, I would just encourage everyone, you know, to, you know, or anyone to reach out to me. I always like to sort of like end it or, you know, just make sure I get that in there. Like I, I would love to be available to anyone who might want to connect. I love, and I'm going to mention your info, but would you mention it too right now? So there's, you know, the power of repetition. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm at Bethany Braun Silva across all platforms, including Instagram and Facebook, even LinkedIn. And my website is BethanyBraunSilva.com. So I'm pretty easy to find. And of course, you can DM me, send me an email, anything like that. And I will do my best to respond in a timely manner. But I promise you I'm seeing them. All right, Bethany. Um, okay, let's get into the the questions I have for you. And these are just supposedly fun questions. Um We'll see. <laughs> All right. So you have taken uh, the what's your joy style quiz. Uh, what is your joy style and what do you most resonate? I am joyous. It says that I am a joyful heart and I really do resonate. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> joyful heart. Before, I mean, I knew it. And um, really, I love it because it says you treasure, treasure your relationships and go out of your way to connect with others. I mean, I'm like that person that like, I, I want to connect. I want to talk with you. I want to know about you. I want to ask you your name, like things like that. Like today, my kids and I, we went to an event actually in New York City in downtown Manhattan and we met Mark, the security guard, and we brought him snacks like we just want to connect with people <laughs> like that and I actually you know and because as a New Yorker you can be quite jaded or like the people that you yeah. like connect with but I try to get a good read and just really make meaningful connections wherever I can so I was so happy that I got that oh that's wonderful it makes a difference too I I went to the DMV today and um the lady was just so nice to me <laughs> and I thought it makes a difference it, it genuinely makes a difference when someone's kind to you or ugly to you yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I think that um, simple luxuries are a huge part of self-care and joy. So what is your favorite simple luxury? I don't even know if this is a luxury, but again, going back to that only child thing, alone time. I do need my alone time. I need to just mm -hmm. kind of sit and do nothing with no noise. I get really overstimulated because I did not grow up in a loud house. And I have two wild boys and the TV's always blasting or someone's screaming. So quiet alone time is really like very luxurious to me. I hear you. I, I agree. Okay. What's your favorite place you've ever traveled? Oh, to? we went to Hawaii. We took the boys um, a few years ago in 2018. We went to Hawaii and I'm telling you, Caroline, I, I don't know if you've been, but you walk. I went from my Oh, honeymoon. there you go. So, you know, I was shocked. And again, coming from a New Yorker where things are can be pretty disgusting. My husband and I walked <laughs> off the plane. We're like, do you smell that? Like it smelled like just flowers and it wasn't like perfume. I was like, 
what is that smell? Like we were so like Tumeria. It was beautiful. Oh, I loved it there. Where did you? We live? went to Oahu, and we actually stayed at the Disney Resort there. Um, but we still one. My favorite day was um, we just rented a car and drove just just sort of beach hopped up the North Shore of Hawa- of the of Oahu. Oh, how wonderful, Matthew! My husband Matthew and I. Anytime we go somewhere, we feel like we haven't been there unless we've had a car and we've just explored. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Oh, man. And, you know, Valerie, who is in this launch week as well, lives in Hawaii, and she talked to us a little bit about it. And it just, it made me feel, made me feel like I was there. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, okay, what, okay, what is one of your big obstacles to joy? You know, I I would say feeling rushed. Like I, I do, I, I do have a lot on my plate. I, I, you know, I work a full-time job, have two kids and, you know, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir. We're all extremely busy, but sometimes I feel like I am just rushed, rushed, rushed. And I have to remind myself to slow down, but sometimes it takes a while for me to get that, that sort of that message, but that, like that light bulb starts flashing and I'm like, why am I out of breath? Why, why am I starving? Why am I like, it's because I just haven't, I just haven't taken a minute to slow down. Yeah, I agree. I understand what that's like and uh, feeling rushed can just be a, a joy. Yeah. Um, okay. What's a product ritual or something that we ought to know about that brings you joy? Well, I love to read. Um, so I do consider that to be a ritual. I try to, you know, read every day, at least something. And I'm, I think like you, I'm glad I'm able to do it on a, on a, a device, not, you know, because it, I don't know if, it, if I had to go buy an actual book, if I would ever get around to it, but I read on my phone a lot and it just feels a little bit ritualistic because it is just part of my alone time. Nice. What do you love about being a woman? Oh my gosh! If you don't know that already, <laughs> connecting with us, <laughs> connecting with other women like you, and and exchanging stories, and just finding that commonality—that's so important to me. What in three words? What is the meaning of life? Okay, I wrote this down, and I'm not sure if I—I I mean, I think it's a good one, but it, I wrote love one another. But I, I wish I could get that. I don't know why I'm not so happy. With that, but I love right. that one. That's really good. All right. I think that's really good. Um, Okay. What prayer or blessing or wish do you have uh, for the people that are listening right now? Well, I did mention um, that I am a huge, huge admirer of Norman Vincent Peale. So these aren't my words, but he says, have faith in your abilities without a humble but reasonable confidence in your own powers, you cannot be successful or happy. So I love that. Be humble, but also very confident. And that's what I try to um, do every day. That's great. Bethany, thank you so much for giving us your time and your wonderful thoughts. And um, and I'm, I'm thrilled that I read the book and thrilled that you've been on the show. Thank you so much. Sorry, my little one just entered the room. It's perfect timing to wrap up. So <laughs> That's great. I was afraid Madeline was going to come out here. I think I told you she came out like 10 minutes. I mean, she came out like 10 times right before we got on the phone call. Each time I was like, I need my reindeer. Sleep. Right. I need my this. And <laughs> so that's perfect timing. But, um, yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was truly, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Oh, back at you. This is great. I think a lot of good things came from that talk. I think that we um, uprooted a few things. And I, I kind of have this visual of like a, an archaeologist just digging and digging under under the dirt, finding, you know, just old pieces of, of ruins and the ruins being um, our our beliefs, 
and the way that we are conditioned to do things. And we're just digging and digging and finding, why do I believe this? And is is this real? And just digging and digging and finding the why underneath it and the truth underneath it. Because I, as you know, you just heard, I think a lot of us have truths that we come with and truths that we are told are truths, but they're really just subjective. Um, and and we, li- we live and die by those things. So you want to pause wherever you are in your life, whatever age you are, and you want to stop and just say, whose life am I living? And do I believe the rules I'm living by? And this is not a call to anarchy. It is a call to goodness and freedom and strength and finding your God-given gifts and talents. And um, do I want to say mission? I don't know, parenthesis, mission. <laughs> but um, you, I just want to encourage you to pause wherever you are and make sure that you are living your life. Just consider how much of your voice is active in your own life and how much of your voice is driving your decisions and your choices that you make in your life and how you're living it. And you want to amplify that and have uh, a a larger percentage of your voice um, directing your life than uh, random outsiders and they and other people uh, directing your voice through the the rules that they made up. Okay, the end. I'll, I'll zip it there. So thank you so much for listening this week and being a part of the show and have a wonderful weekend. Take care of yourselves. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, gang, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you've been inspired, encouraged, and have had a great time. If you'd like to know more about working with me, having me as your own personal coach, check out my website, www.makeitjoy.com. You'll also find all of my resources, recommendations, and freebies on there as well. If this podcast is your kind of thing, I would so appreciate your support. Please leave me a five-star review and help spread the word. If you'd like to say hello, I would love to hear from you. Send an email to caroline at makeitjoy.com. I will read it and I will get back to you. I love the Make It Joy community. Y'all are a really beautiful, lovely group of people. And I appreciate you all so much. Enjoy being you. Enjoy your life. And go make it joy. I'll see you next time. Thank you.